generative artificial intelligence. We're offering our take on what it means for investors. Here's what matters. Live from New York City, I'm Lauren Goodwin, and this is Market Matters from New York Life Investments. In this podcast, we bring you the best insights from across the New York Life Investments platform because we believe that by sharing perspectives and engaging with you, our listeners, we can all become better investors. Welcome, everyone. It's the week of July 17th, 2023, and today I am extra spoiled because I have my whole team with me to talk about the fascinating and pertinent topic of generative artificial intelligence and specifically its huge boom as reflected in equity markets recently. We are very humble about how much is unknowable at this point and how advancements in AI can create new use cases for workers and opportunities for investors too. But to acknowledge the importance of that trend, Michael Legalbo and I will share our framing of potential AI impacts in the first portion of this episode. And then Julia Herman and I will discuss the investment implications, including whether we are in an AI bubble in the portfolio pause. So with that, Michael, welcome on. Always great to be here. And today I'm really going to have to resist the urge to run all of our questions through ChatGPT and respond with what spits out. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, that would take at least half of the fun out of this conversation, though. So I want to start by addressing why we are choosing to have a podcast so focused on this now, especially since the AI frenzy has been happening for several months. And businesses, including ours, have been incorporating earlier iterations of AI and machine learning into their processes for years. Our team has been and continues to consider the potential impacts of artificial intelligence. And we're honing our framework on how to approach the long-term unknowable changes that may come from AI, particularly in terms of the investment landscape. We've just published a blog covering our initial thoughts, and we'll discuss some of those today. The blog is, of course, available at newyorklifeinvestments.com. Fantastic. There's one more why now question, though, I'd like to start off with before we really dig into things, which relates to why the market has suddenly gone so long, the AI trade. Why is it doing that now? AI has been in the works for over a decade with lots of private companies leading the space. And so why has it become a major investment theme in public markets in the middle of 2023? I would chalk this up to what I mentioned earlier, the idea that I could use responses to these questions from an AI chatbot. The idea that you can interact with the computer and feel like you're interacting with a human is a powerful and transformative application of artificial intelligence. The fact I could also use an AI to replicate my voice and just answer for me is just one of the many applications of this. Well, I guess I should be glad that we record these podcasts live and on video. So I know I'm talking to the human macro bike. And look, I think it's easy and fun to think about the big opportunities of AI. We've been dreaming about and making movies about interfacing with computers for years. But it's also easy to worry about what it means for other areas of the economy and markets, especially when the whole world is still trying to figure this technology out. So how can we organize our thoughts on this topic? There are three areas of impact I'm watching other than the market behavior of all of this, which I know you and Julia are going to cover. The first is productivity. The second is the labor market. And the third is policy. I love unpacking a three-part argument. And the first AI-related area of impact you mentioned was 
productivity. And again, I think it's easy to imagine the wide ranging ways that could apply to everything from repetitive tasks to communication and processing. How are you thinking about that? With AI tools, like any tool, the quality of the output depends on the quality of the input. AI outputs will only be as good as the data organized, the questions asked, the bias and perspectives taught, and the analytic skills to interpret. These constraints may prove temporary. It is typical for a new technology to require new learning, but add some uncertainty to the timeline for the implementation of more productive processes. I know we're going to dip into this in the portfolio pause, but Julia, perhaps bringing you in on a celeb shot here, want to see if you have any reactions or comments to how AI and the changes in productivity that Michael's talking about might impact the way of doing business. Sure. I'm very much in the camp that AI is the next internet, largely in that I feel daunted by the extent of what we all can't know about its impact at this point. But I do see two major areas of opportunity that are needed building blocks in terms of how the AI can apply to the everyday. AI, among other things, currently lacks, number one, privacy, and number two, verity. By that, I mean that right now we as humans have to verify whether the output is factual or total nonsense. Now, both of these issues still apply to the internet. But the difference, I think, is what you guys have been discussing, that potential for AI to take over entire tasks and entire processes rather than just being an input. I think once those two items are sorted out, businesses can probably think about how AI applies to them in more holistic ways. And I'll add that many companies, including ours, are moving astonishingly quickly to address some of the challenges that you've raised, Julia, around verity and privacy, so that they may take advantage of the potential benefits. I completely agree with Julia. Just like the internet, I would anticipate years of implementation and major learning curves, along with disruptions, not just in who's using AI, but also who the providers are. So then, Mike, does the potential for productivity gains in this way make you more optimistic about investing outcomes on any time horizon? Right now, not necessarily when we frame it in terms of productivity. This is namely because historical data suggests productivity gains have little effect on long-term stock market returns. We should also expect disparities between companies who successfully adapt and those who struggle to keep up, the winners and the losers. Consider the digital photography revolution as an example. Film-based photographer companies who embraced this new technology and broke into the digital camera space succeeded. Those who were reluctant fell behind. This point that you're making, Michael, is so important, so I just want to underline it for our audience. Productivity, the idea that this technology can get ingrained in and make our tasks more productive, doesn't necessarily show up in the equity markets over time, but a lot of that has to do with those who are able to leverage the gains succeed and move forward in the equity markets where those who are left behind perhaps don't. Now, who the winners might be is anyone's guess. And we'll come back again to those investment approaches. But I want to first address, Mike, the second area of this technology that you described or the impact of this technology, which is to the labor market. There have been a lot of qualms expressed that AI can have a displacement potential when it comes to labor. And That makes sense. We've seen it before in the example that Julia gave around the internet. And this could be true even in skilled industries or so-called white-collar jobs. So 
How can we approach thinking about the labor market when so much is still in the air? That's a great question. Early estimates suggest that approximately two-thirds of U.S. corporations may be affected to some degree by AI-driven automation. For most jobs, AI is expected to create opportunities for workers by freeing up more labor capacity for more productive activities. Now, we can all imagine that some job functions are more easily replaced than others. But data from Gartner suggests that over time, jobs gained from AI automation will exceed those lost to automation over the next several years. The fundamental economic idea backstopping this is that if there's more productivity, then economic activity is likely to benefit. And if economic activity is improving, then there may be more jobs created. So finally, it's not just investors facing uncertainty about AI. It's also policymakers. And I don't envy their task here because, again, so much is uncertain. But Mike, do you have any hypothesis of how policy might react to this fast-moving technology? Sure. One potential policy response to the displacement of workers due to AI adoption is a higher corporate tax rate. Supporters argue that such a tax could help mitigate job displacement by moderating the pace of AI adoption, giving workers more time to adapt and find new employment. Revenues could also be aligned to contribute to the infrastructure development necessary to sustain this technology from digital infrastructure to clean energy. Mike, thank you as always for your insights today. That brings us to our Portfolio Pause, a segment of the program where we share an investment idea. And I'll now pivot to Julia Herman, and I want to first address one of the most common questions we get related to AI. Are we in a bubble? And then once we have that question covered, we can consider the ways that investors can think about all the AI developments that Mike and I just discussed in the context of their portfolios. Are we in a bubble? I would say probably, but that doesn't mean it's going to burst anytime soon. Well, other than the wild price performance we've seen of what are called the Magnificent Seven, the seven publicly listed U.S. firms that are seen at least today as the biggest beneficiaries or potential beneficiaries or leaders in AI. And these are Alphabet or Google, Apple, Amazon, Meta, Microsoft, NVIDIA, and Tesla. There you go, seven and Magnificent Seven. Other than these companies' incredible price performance so far in 2023, what might suggest whether this is a bubble in your view? First, I'd say valuations. We can't ignore that the price to earnings valuations of many of those magnificent seven firms does compare to the dot-com boom era, which was indeed a bubble. But that's actually probably the less compelling argument. Not least because valuations, at least historically, tell us very little about when the market might actually reflect that those valuations are too high, if that's the case. Absolutely. And what stands out to me is actually Mike's point about winners and losers. The market is rewarding these seven perceived, quote, winners, end quote, when we actually don't know that yet. A lot of the big players in AI are private firms right now. They're smaller private firms, and a lot probably haven't even been born yet. So where you're more cautious is whether the market is rewarding the right perceived winners at the right time. Exactly. And something else I'll highlight to your point of the potential bubble not bursting yet is historic context. When we think about global asset bubbles for the past several decades, AI is a potential contender, yes, but it has not yet seen the amount of price appreciation of those other historical bubbles. 
So given that we don't expect an imminent bubble bursting, let's spend a few moments on how investors can think about AI in their portfolios today. Obviously, one way to do that would be to participate directly in the listed equity AI space. But as noted, this is likely to involve winners and losers and therefore some volatility over what's likely to be a many-year trend. And because we consider AI to be a long-term and wide-ranging trend, it can be worth challenging ourselves to think of the less obvious beneficiaries. For example, we're looking at a very narrow market leadership environment right now with the Magnificent Seven. While there are likely many small and mid-cap companies and even value-style beneficiaries that have not yet been recognized as such. Taking this idea and applying it to a different investment idea, another option is also to consider thematic exposure to AI or innovation funds. The idea that it's not just one company known today, but rather likely a subset of a, a larger set of more innovative or AI-focused companies that may benefit in the future. And that can help investors to monitor their risk exposure. And to round out this discussion of how investors can consider participating in this AI trend in a variety of ways, it's important to mention the infrastructure that supports all of these investments. We could think about that in terms of everything from the silicone and computer chips that power AI to things like digital infrastructure that will enable the use of that technology. In a potentially long dated and very uncertain, at least at this point, trend, it's so important to think about all the different potential impacts and innovations and ways that investors can think about this in their portfolios. Julia, thank you so much for joining. Of course. Coming up next, bank earnings reports released this week will give a great sense of banking sector health and their own outlook for lending, which is so important for economic activity ahead. But that's it for today. We'll be back next week for more Market Matters. In the meantime, please remember to give us a like, follow, or review wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have a question or topic of interest, please reach out to us on LinkedIn. You can also follow our views, including the blog post related to artificial intelligence at NewYorkLifeInvestments.com and click the Insights tab. Until next time, I'm Lauren Goodwin. Our podcast is produced by Will Tyus and our music was composed by the fabulous Zach Young. I will now read our disclosures from compliance. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, which will vary. All investments are subject to market risk and will fluctuate in value. This material represents an assessment of the market environment as at a specific date, is subject to change, and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the reader as research or investment advice regarding the funds or any issuer or security in particular. The strategies discussed are strictly for illustrative and educational purposes and are not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. There is no guarantee that any strategies discussed will be effective. This material contains general information only and does not take into account an individual's financial circumstances. This information should not be relied upon as a primary basis for an investment decision. Rather, an assessment should be made as to whether the information is appropriate in individual circumstances and consideration should be given to talking to a financial advisor before making an investment decision. New York Life Investments is both the service mark and the common trade name of certain investment advisors affiliated with the New York Life Insurance Company. Securities are distributed by Nylife Distributors, LLC, 30 Hudson Street, Jersey City, New Jersey, 07302, a wholly owned subsidiary of New York Life Insurance Company. Nylife Distributors, LLC is a member of FINRA SIPC.